You are listening to episode three of the CEO Desk to Dream podcast. I'm your host, Mia, and today we have a special guest, author Megan Masiosi of Finding Our Way. Hey dreamers, I'm Mia, a 26-year-old female entrepreneur with a deep love for coffee and a true old soul. From tackling the unexpected in law enforcement for years, I now navigate the world of dream weddings and events through my photography and my wedding rental companies. I swapped government protocols for entrepreneurial dreams, and I'm here to inspire you on the CEO Desk to Dream podcast. Join me as we break free from the 9-to-5 grind and empower women to turn their dreams into reality. Let's dive in. Hello, listeners. I am here with a special guest today, Megan Masiosi. She is an author of Finding Our Way. I know she has a published book on Amazon and a few other places, I believe. So I'm just going to let her talk, tell you about herself and her journey. And I'm excited about this one because I love writing. So just take it away, Megan. (laughs) Thanks, Mia. Yeah. So my name's Megan. And just to kind of start off, I work in a pharmaceutical space. I'm actually in the well-being area and employee engagement. So I do a lot of writing already, but I have been an avid reader my entire life. I was always like in the top 100 of the AR tests, like very much loved it. And so during COVID, I really got to dive back into reading because there wasn't much else to do at the time. So as I was reading books, I'm like, you know, I just kind of feel like I was reading the same thing over and over again. And while I do like a lot of the typical cliches, I had at the time was just interning with Pittsburgh Action Against Rape. And I was starting to hear a lot of stories, a lot of survivor stories. You know, the statistics are insane. It's like every one in six women has experienced sexual assault. And so I always think you hear about these stories, but then you never hear about what happens to the female afterwards. So In my story, Finding Our Way, the main female character is sexually assaulted. And it's kind of how do you live life after that as a female? How do you trust, you know, the opposite gender again or the same gender, whoever? Like, how do you trust that person? How do you move past it? Do you have that self-doubt, self-negative talk? So I kind of dove into that space. I know it isn't a cliche or typical tropes. I was a little bit nervous when writing it. So what I did at first was I started writing on a platform called Wattpad. And for those who aren't familiar with Wattpad, they pretty much you write as you go. So I was uploading chapter by chapter, really at my pace. So if I had a little bit of writer's block or I was stuck somewhere, I could take like a month to write the next chapter, which was really great. But the best thing and the most crucial for me was you have this like instant reader community and people follow your book and you get immediate feedback reader feedback, which I think is essential when you're a new author or honestly, when you're just writing to see what works, what fits. Yeah. So as I was writing it within about nine to 10 months, my book had hit a million reads and I'm like, okay. like Oh my gosh, congrats. <laughs> thank you. I'm like, I, I think I might have something here. So, you know, just a little spoiler alert. There's a cliffhanger at the end, but I do tell people that because I feel like some readers don't like a cliffhanger. They prefer a happily ever after. So there's a cliffhanger at the end. So then I started writing the second book and that gained just as much popularity as quickly. So I had reached out to a few of the other authors on the platform who gained a lot of traction around the same time I did. And they were all publishing on their own through Amazon KDP. So I kind of looked into it, rewrote it, you know, because as an author, your first draft is never, it's never the end drafts. <laughs> I kind of rewrote a lot of it and really looked into the Amazon KDP. 
the same time, I had a few publishing companies reaching out. And what a lot of people don't know is you sign a lot of your rights away. And I don't mean in terms of royalty. I mean, in terms of like the say you have over your characters from maybe like their hair color to a personality trait. And if you do end up reading the book, I felt a very big personality trait they wanted to take away from the female character would have changed the book completely. I was seeking feedback from those other authors and from my readers who loved it. And they were all like, please don't change that. So I am what we call in the reading world, an indie author. So an indie author is someone who's unpublished, or I'm sorry, not unpublished, someone who is not with a publishing company. I'm not a signed author. So, which, you know, is great and scary. A lot of it comes from my own pocketbook in terms of an editor and a book cover. All the marketing is done by me, but it's been really great. I launched September 8th was my publishing date. And year to date, I've done a little over 400 orders of the book. So congrats. Thank you. Thank you. So it's very, very exciting. That's amazing. I um, wanted to say I like the title. I when I first you know saw what the title was, I it actually got me curious because I feel like you know finding our way can mean a lot of things, whether it's career, relationship, a marriage, whatever. So I think that's good. I feel like you have to have a good title to catch people's eye. I really believe that's a big. I'm I'm sure you know that's a big deal. Yeah. Yes. I would say that's like the first thing that my editor was kind of talking to me about. She's like, it has to be eye-catching. So when I started working with my book designer, when she sent me over the original one, I'm like, let me mock it up next to like others that were in my genre, just to kind of see like how it went. And the big reasoning I went with this one is because I feel that right now there's a lot of male models on covers, which is totally fine. But I find in some Facebook reader groups that I'm in, a lot of people are like, you know, even though I'm reading maybe a book that has a little bit of like smut in it, I don't want people to know that if I'm, you know, on public transportation. So I opted for a discreet cover, but the actual title of it is exactly it. I mean, they're both the main characters are finding their way through some traumas they have in their past, their careers as well. You'll kind of see in the book, they're kind of going to be in opposite cities post-graduation and college. And I think that's real. I think that's real. I felt that was another thing when I was reading books is that the female character was just going along with wherever the male character was going. And I'm like, that's a not how I feel like it should be. Yeah, it's 21, 22. I feel like you should be a little bit selfish with where you want to go for your career. So that was another I felt big theme that I wanted in the book was for her to make her decisions that were, you know based solely on what she wanted in her career, not just because she's dating this guy. Sure. I think our listeners will love that because a lot of listeners are are women and, you know, it just goes along with the the women in business too, how well we can do it too. And that's that's really interesting. I'm glad that you pointed that out and did that. I actually wrote down on my notebook when I went through your form also about the title, how it could have been something traumatic. Like like I I it's I didn't realize that's what the book was about. So, you know, the the traumatic stories and journeys they had. So that's interesting. I I'm I'm gonna go buy that book. I'm excited now. <laughs> how how big is the book? I think it's a tuner in some pages or or correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. Yeah, it's it's relatively short just because it was my debut. So they were like, you know, you don't want to come off with this like six hundred page book. So it runs at about two hundred eighty five pages. So it's between fifty one thousand and fifty two thousand words, which you know, I think for a first book is great, lays the foundation for the second book. But also I wanted it to feel doable for maybe some of my friends or other readers who are like, 
slower at reading or it takes them a little bit get, to get into it. So I will say the first few chapters are shorter. They're maybe like four or five pages. So you can really get into the plot of the book. And then as the book goes on, it does get longer just because the plot gets more complicated. But that was another thing I wanted to do. I wanted it to relate to people even who maybe like sh- are struggling to get through a book or they know they're a slower reader. I wanted them to also be able to enjoy it and get to the plot quicker. I'm not a fan of slow burns, so it's yeah. not a slow burn. There's action come like chapter eight. That's awesome. I, I was just going to say I, I don't like long books. That's another thing. I don't like long Netflix series. If they are six seasons, I can't do it. I lose interest fast. So I feel like it's good to have like a shorter book because I feel like you'll get more people interested. I mean, that's just my opinion, but that's that's really awesome. I'm really happy for you that I, I'm so excited for you. I I love writing. I've always wanted to write a book too. You know, just one of those things that it's just on a to-do list of my life. But what what made you think of the topic specifically? Like, why didn't you write about, you know, something else, career or, you know, like what really wanted, what, what made you write this? Yeah, I think so. During COVID, I was in grad, grad school at the same time. And I'd actually had just recently written a paper about sexual assault and the survival rate and just kind of like the headspace those survivors are in afterwards, whether that leads to maybe they're going to therapy, maybe they're self-medicating with alcohol or drugs, even something as simple as like working out. Sometimes people get really into that headspace of they're like chasing that type of high. So I wanted to really write and give those survivors their own voice. So I did a lot of research. I spoke to a lot of different women who had gone through, you know, different, you know, forms of sexual assault And that's kind of where I got the basis for it. I wanted those women to have a voice as well as I kind of just wanted to share a different perspective. I've definitely read a few books that have touched on sexual assault, but I didn't feel that they did it justice in terms, you know, they, they tell the male, the male main character that this had happened to them. And two chapters later, they're like, they're getting it on. And I'm like, that's not how it is. And then, and they're like, fine, completely afterwards. I felt that. A lot of times in books, when they have a one night stand, they don't feel guilty about the next morning, or maybe they're a little ashamed of what they did. And so, I mean, the main character, Alexi, goes through all of that. And I am glad I stuck with that decision because a lot of readers had reached out to me, some who unfortunately were sexually assaulted. And I had one DM that was like really like brought me to tears that she just related so much to the character and felt that she was finally seen in a book and that it was okay to ask for things that she needed that Lexi asks for in the book. And so that really kind of made me keep going and made me write the second book because I felt that their story couldn't be finished in one. I felt they both individually needed growth. Wow, that's amazing. I do feel like this is a topic where people don't like talk about it. Like I went to school for criminal justice and this was like a always a hot topic in, in courses and such. And I have a couple people in my life that were sexually assaulted. And, you know, it's it's a very difficult thing to talk about. And I feel like people don't want to write books about that because it's a sensitive thing. But look at how many people can relate to it. I mean, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of messages and emails and such. So it's actually really sad because I feel like it's more common now than ever. There's just that level of respect. I feel like that is not present anymore. I don't know what changed things, but I feel like years ago it was there was more respect, I feel like, with relationships. And maybe I'm wrong, but I, I feel like it, it things have really took a turn for the worst in that way. So it's great that you are focusing on such a difficult topic because like wh- why, you know, wh- why are people so afraid to talk about it? I mean, it, it's it's part of life, unfortunately. 
Yes, exactly. I felt that it was, I felt the book also helps destigmatize a little bit. You can definitely talk to somebody else. I mean, I, I know people as well in my life that, you know, you want to check in with them. Like if one of your friends just went on a date, it's like, how are you feeling? How, you know, like how far did it go? But at the same time, I wanted to, because the the book is dull point of view. I wanted to give men their rationale behind it too, in terms of what he's dealing with, knowing that he's with a woman who was sexually assaulted. How does he handle that? How does he come to terms that make her feel comfortable himself, like absorbing the information and, and taking it in? So I just, I agree with you. I I think there's a little bit of lack of respect. And I think I'm hoping this book kind of gives good perspective on both the female, but the male side as well from it. It sounds like you focused on a lot of the parts where people don't think about or realize or want to talk about. So that's really cool how you, you know, you look at both male and female perspectives with this. So that's interesting. I like that. I think that's important. I feel like you're, you're really speaking to a lot of people more than you probably realize. And it's probably people, you know, too, and you don't realize either. So, you know, it's like, it's crazy. You don't realize what happens behind closed doors. You don't, you know, you think people are happily married and they might not be. So that's really great. I also wanted to mention how you, I think that I think I asked, I can't remember which question it was. It might've been 18 year old self. I'm not sure, but you said to surround yourself with people who support your crazy leap. And I like how you use the word crazy because I felt like I did that. Like I left a stable office job for basically, well, I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do. So, but I left on a whim and that's it. it, Listen, like you take a crazy leap and, and look where you're at, you know? Yeah, for for sure. I think it's important to have those types of people in your corner. And I will say a lot of people that were maybe around me whenever I started writing the book and I told them about it, you know, maybe thought it was a bit of a long shot. They didn't like it. You know, maybe they pretended to read it. You can just tell, I could tell on certain chapters and certain scenes. But I feel like since I published it, I have a really great group of people around me, people supporting me. And I don't mean just like purchasing the book and buying it. I mean, when I talk through an idea with them or they just asked me like, oh my gosh, thought your book was great. I actually recommended it to my friend's book club. Like just different things like that. I think it's important to have those around you who truly want to see you succeed in your crazy leap. Like someone from the outside could be like, that's insane. I would never do that. That's great. That's not supportive. But someone who's like, how can I help you? Can I can I read that chapter for you? Or even my one friend's not a reader, but she was like, love the cover, looks amazing. Let me share your author page that you did it. Like, I think people don't understand even a simple share on social media reaches that many more people. And maybe some of her friends are readers and now they can look at a book. So I just think that, you know, if I would have told myself that almost like eight, nine years ago, maybe I would have published a little bit sooner. But also, you know, I think that's what makes us human. That was that makes us grow as well as kind of finding that stuff out. But I agree with you. It's an, I did not leave my full-time job. So I'm actually working full-time and trying to publish. But oh my gosh. And that's a lot. With, it, it is. It's, you know, there are days where I'm like, should I and just go with this? And then other days I'm like, well, it's helping me right now fund it since I am just an indie author and I'm just getting started. But it's insane. I have a lot of respect for people like you who do just jump and do it. A lot of my author friends did it as well, or were forced into certain circumstances because their businesses had closed during COVID. And so they, they dive into it. And there are times where I'm like, man, I wish I could put out four or five books a year, but you know, it took a lot just to put the one out. So it's, it is, it's a crazy leap, but it's, it's worth it. I would say it's a worth it leap. 
Absolutely. That actually brings me to my next point. You said that your misconception about writing a book is that it's like quick and it's you t- you put on there two and a half years it took you. That's that's crazy. I mean, if you want to talk a little bit about that, that's a long time. Yeah. So when I first started writing it, it was probably like December 2020. Again, I was like going through, I think what everyone goes through, self-reflecting on the year. What's my goal? And I was like, you know what? Like I should really just look into this a little bit further. And so I started writing it in a Word document. And the only people really reading it were my now husband and my best friend because I was a little bit nervous to show other people. I feel like, you know, with writing, it's a big vulnerability of who you are. And I feel like no matter what we say, little parts of ourselves end up in characters. It's just how it is. So it's kind of, you know, pulling a curtain back on who you are. So when I started writing it, you know, I didn't expect writer's block to come up the way that it did. I also got sucked into reading a lot of the reader comments. And so sometimes that I feel like maybe they influenced my story because they said, I hope it goes this way, even though I wasn't thinking of it going that way. Some people didn't like, you know, maybe the wording I had in a certain section or they didn't like the main character was so tall, just like random things I wasn't prepared about with writing a book. And then, you know, even once you do hit that status of a million reads, half a million reads, just how many people are now, now your audience, the growth of your audience. I don't think I was prepared for, I definitely was not prepared for how many edits you have to do. I'm not kidding you. And I said, I have like 10 to 15 drafts and I still go through it. And I'm like, missed a comma there. Wish I would have expanded this here. Wow. It, It is crazy. And then when I really got into like the Amazon KDP part, didn't realize the legal aspect of it, of like, okay, if I use this book cover and I don't pay this premium for this photo, once I hit 500,000 downloads, like I'm going to get sued. It's just different things like that. The marketing, the timing, the like trying to promote it yourself. Yeah. It, it really took me by surprise. And then the funny part is I had people reach out to me asking like how I did my book, how easy was it? This, this, and that. And I'm like, this was like a two and a half year process to get it to where it is. Cause you know, I'm sure other authors know too, you have different characters that pop in your head and different stories. Now you're writing this one and that one and you go back to the one that's due because Amazon does set a hard publish date. And if you would miss it, you're actually not allowed to try and publish anything for an entire year. So oh, it's, wow. it's a strict deadline that again, I was not not prepared for at all. So everyone thinks it's so easy to write a book, (laughs) just like everything else, but it's not. Yeah. Just like my business, they think it's so easy. I mean, my back's half broken (laughs) from lifting the rentals. (laughs) Like sweaty at 2am, starving, trying to get this into your van. Your eyes are crossing because you've been driving from this location to that one. Yeah. They don't see the hours behind it, whether that's marketing or building something. And it's, yeah, and that's sad. It's, you know, it's hard. Yep. I, yeah, um, it's, it's a little bit like a slap in the face too. And like, they kind of think it's easy and you're like, actually, I'm starving right now. It's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, it, it is very difficult, but it's worth it too. 
when you mentioned something about how people were kind of like guiding your story in a way, because you were listening to what they were saying, I know you mentioned pain point, like with negative reviews and such. This is something you, I know you check that off on the form. This is something I'll be honest with that I'm very afraid of. I am very afraid to get my first negative Google review. I know that one negative review is not going to stop somebody from booking with me, but I guess it's just like, how am I going to maneuver that mentally? Like, is this, is it going to affect me? Is it going to not affect me? Is it going to make me stronger? I'm not sure. So I'm very nervous about that. I'm sure you feel the same. I saw you had good ratings on Amazon, but it's scary. You know, I mean, like, I don't know, I guess every company has a bad review or several bad reviews. You're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. But does that scare you a little bit too? It does, for sure. Like when I was writing it, one of the like big hot topics that I personally would not have thought would be a big hot topic is my male main character cutting his hair. Like he had the like flow that I think a lot of girls at the time that I wrote it really liked. And he was talking about doing a buzz cut because he's a baseball player and it's hot in the summertime. And like, you know, I grew up with a brother and all my cousins were male and like in the summer they just got buzz cuts. So I thought this was like normal. So I'm not kidding you. I had like 70 comments on that one part of a chapter and I'm like, didn't like they were all upset. They're like, don't cut his hair. And I'm like, so I ended up not, but then in the the published one I did because I was like, that's how I felt. That's what I think that like he should do. But while my Amazon reviews are are great, I'm very grateful for them. Goodreads is a whole different story. I feel like Goodreads is a lot harder in terms of like even talking to my other author friends who have like hundreds of reviews. I mean, they'll get a ton of bad reviews. So I haven't really had a bad review, but they I have gotten like two or three stars and no elaboration off of that. So I'm like, did you not like my writing style? And so you can go down the rabbit hole, but what I've learned to do is just look at it for like five minutes, go through down that rabbit hole, only five minutes. I've set a timer and then when it's done, I'm like, okay, I'm moving on and not looking at it again. You know, some people just don't read them. I'm not that way. Unfortunately, I wish I was, but unfortunately I read them all. And I've just learned to like cart, you know, you know, put that file it away in my brain to be like, that's just one person's opinion. I have 40 other reviews of people that are, think it's five star and love it. So if the majority is four or five stars. I'm going to take it as a win. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's with anything. Nail salon, pizza shop, coffee shop. I mean, yeah. you're not going to please everybody, unfortunately. So that's good that you feel like you can handle that mentally because that, that could be a, yeah. that could be draining for sure. And that, that's sad, but that's great that you can do that. So you said your second book is going to release this June. Is that correct? Yeah, I just finally put a date in. So I put it into Amazon, which means I'm stuck to it. <laughs> it's going to come out June 7th of this year. So oh, I'm really excited for it. I started outlining, drafting. I think it'll be really great. I've had a lot of people. I didn't want to wait too long between the books, especially because a lot of people who maybe give a four-star review is because it's like it ends on a cliffhanger. I'm like, okay, well... It literally says a trope is the cliffhanger. So I wanted to disclose that before putting it out there. But yes, so the the sequel, which is going to be called Losing Our Way, is coming out June 7th. So I'm really excited about it. Oh, cool. I like the title. That's very interesting. This may sound like a stupid question, but how did you think of the names of the main characters? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, did you just on a whim or, or what was it? 
Yeah. So, so for Mason Young, that's the main male character. I've always loved the name Mason for guys. And actually, my one friend named her car Mason. So it ended up like dying on a road trip, but that's okay. So, and it wasn't very common. I hadn't seen that name in other books that I've read. So like one name that's super common in books right now is Garrett, even though I've never like met a Garrett in real life. So, and I've actually seen a couple other readers like comment the same thing in a few like reader groups that I'm in. So I wanted to pick a name that was different. So that's kind of where I came up with his. And then Young, I'll be honest, I just kind of Google last names that are not super popular because I don't want to take somebody else's last name that they've used in a book or have like similar names to it, just in you know case for legal reasons. And then for the girl, I was actually watching The 100 a lot during COVID and the one girl in there, her name is Lexi. And I was like, oh, I really, really like that. So I wanted to keep it Lexi though. So in the book, her name's Alexis, but she's very adamant that everybody calls her Lexi, except for her dad, who you'll meet. So that's kind of where I came up with their names. It's hard. It is that, I guess, yeah, maybe I misconception. coming up with your character's names, very hard. Sure. I mean, I feel like, like I name all of my audio guys book phones and like it was, it was easy at first because I like love, you know, for like Sinatra and such, but I grew so fast. I have 10 phones now and I'm like, crap. I'm like, what, what am I going to name the last few? You know, like it is almost stupid, but like it, it's, it's me. It's like how I roll. It's, I don't know. It's like how I differentiate myself from other vendors with phones. And so it's something that you have to put your creative creative mind into. So yeah, that's why I wanted to ask you about the names because I feel like it's it's something easy, but it's not in a sense. No, it, it's definitely not. But I I love it. I've seen your phones just like on social media. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a great way because then people like email you, they can tell you which phone name they yep. like and you don't have to guess. Well, yeah, no, great idea. But yeah, coming up with names, <laughs> like I'm on a different book series that I've started. and I'm just like, I don't really know like what to name them. So I just scroll through lists of names from like okay 2000 70s like present day whatever because i'm like i gotta find one that's different yeah i actually um when i look when i try to figure out a name if i'm out of options i look up old legendary singers you know from frank sinatra's era because i'm sure there's some that i forget about so like that gives me ideas too but it's also funny because like at weddings and events there will be some recordings like this there was one this past weekend. It was the Frank Sinatra phone, the blue phone we have. And somebody started singing one of his songs for the recording. And, and I was funny, but it also was kind of like emotional because I was like, wow, people actually get it. And they, you know what I mean? Like they get it. And that's what I wanted out of it. So I was like, that's cool. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's, yeah. oh my gosh, you should use that too. It's like a marketing tool. Like, boom, here you go. Yeah. Sing your song into it. I love that. Oh my yeah. God. It's going to be on Instagram. <laughs> it's going to be like, real. Yes. You're like, this is how I know I've made it. I have a customer shooting for a Basically. <laughs> and someone else did, you know, this message is for Nat King Gold. So that's one of the rose gold phones I have. And I'm like, wow, people actually get it. Like they like it, you know? <laughs> Don't you love that when they're on the same brainwave? And oh, you're yeah. like, yes, like yeah, you're my people. Heck yeah. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of people don't get it. I mean, like, I know like the older the older crowd gets it because like they're obviously older singers and I'm just an old soul. But, you know, a lot of the younger crowds like, I don't know who that is, but I feel like everyone knows Frank Sinatra. I feel, you know what I mean? So like, I don't know, it goes both ways. But 
Yeah. So I, I get that. It, it's a difficult thing. But so the two things that stood out to me in your form as well were we kind of already touched base on it, but stop caring about what other people think and you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. So I just wanted to put that reminder out there for the listeners because it, it, it is so draining mentally sometimes I don't, and emotionally. I don't know. Some people really can't get out of a rabbit hole once they go down that. Yeah, it can it can really be hard. I know the biggest thing I struggled with in the beginning one, like, I mean, you, you don't really have reviews in the beginning when you first launch your book. So for me, it was like, how much do I want to share in my personal life with other people? Because I mean, just as a disclaimer to the listeners, if they're going to read it, there's some, you know, smutty scenes. They're in college. They drink a little bit. Like things are going to happen. And it was like, do I want people I know to read that? Like, Everyone in my family is a big reader, like my mom, my aunt, and they're like, we want to like read it. I'm like, oh, oh, I don't think I want you to like read what I'm writing. And like even people like I went to college with or high school. And I'm like, so I like remember when I made my personal post, I like put a disclaimer like, haha, like if you know me and you read like chapter whatever, <laughs> pretend you don't because it's like even though I'm joking, I'm like, I'm not like because it's it's very vulnerable for me, I think to put this out there. And so I did struggle a lot. And so I feel like that's why not a lot of people know, but you know, into the new year, I'm really trying to like, let go of the imposter syndrome and share it. And so I would say probably a decent amount of my followers, just like on Instagram, like my personal page of friends, you know, acquaintances, whatever, have actually read it and have been like, Megan, this is really good. Like I meant to tell you, this was so good. I'm like, are you just saying that? Or like, you know, then like you put some self-doubt in. But yeah, I mean, but the more you hear it, you're like, okay, like I I am okay. Like this is working and everything. So, you know, I'm still working through the whole like self-doubt of it, but it's yeah, exciting. I, I do that too. You know, I a lot of family and friends, I'm you know, they say, like, oh, I'm so happy for you, but are they really? Are they jealous? Or you know what I mean? I because I, that's a big thing now too. So do, are you really happy for me? I'm not sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's that's a great point with like from a jealousy standpoint. Because you know, sometimes like you get a compliment, but you're like, was that a compliment? Was that a backhanded yeah. compliment? And it's like, I try not to like analyze and overread into it. But at the same time, I feel like you just know, like I can now tell the genuine responses of people like, no, it was so good. I devoured it in two days. And other people that are like, well, I mean, like it was good, but I didn't like X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay, but like, would you have told Colleen Hoover that to her face? <laughs> That's I know, right? I mean, come on. People are like that. And you're like, like we talked about, you're not everyone's cup of tea. And, but like, sometimes I'm like, is it even worse? Like, why do they even have to say that? Why do they even have to put their opinion out there? Like, you know, it's, I don't know. It's a, it's a fine line. It it, def- it definitely is. Like, I'm good with constructive criticism. I want it. Like, so as I was going through the book reading, like the book process, I had two different types of readers. So there's beta readers, alpha readers, I guess three types, and then arcs. So an alpha reader is somebody who's reading it literally as I'm writing it. And they're looking for like developmental holes, plot, different like plot holes. They're like, hey, this doesn't match with this. It could be as something as simple as like, I mess up the color of their shirt chapter to chapter, which I have done. So because, you know, you, you're staring at something for too long, it's two in the morning and it's like, it was purple last chapter, now it's pink. So <laughs> you, you overthink so it. It's like too much sometimes. You got to walk away. Yes, exactly. It's like, you know, so I very much, I love to write dialogue, struggle with the descriptive. So that's where like I get lost and I'm always saying my alpha readers, please check 
check the like color of their shirt. So this is my alpha readers. I had two of them because you don't want too many different opinions at that stage. So I had the two of them and then I had about five beta readers where they read it to check for really like proofreading it, the editing, is my grammar right? Did I misspell something? And also to make sure the book makes sense. Then you move into your ARCs, which are advanced reader copies. Those people strictly rate it and they get an advanced copy before the publishing date so that they can help me like generate publicity and promotion for the book. So that's kind of really what I started basing how good the book was off of was what do these three groups think? These are people who like maybe started on Wattpad and they found my book on Wattpad and they followed me from there. Friends I've made in the community as well as just like my everyday friends. So like I'll give them an arc to be like, is this actually good from your standpoint? So I just think that that's important too, to just kind of like associate with that. I'm sure you understand in yours. I'm sure you like kind of bounce ideas off of like other people in the wedding industry. You have to, or you will go crazy. Yes, absolutely. I do. And, and it's like constructive criticism. And, you know, I ask similar companies that do the same thing as I do. I'm like, you know, is this worth it? Am I going to spend stupid money and not make it back? You know, so do you, I do you pay any of those people that read it? I know you said some family and friends, but. No. So, I mean, that's the other amazing thing about them is they're all volunteer. They all do it on their own time. The only person I pay is my editor and it's by word. So, you know, what a lot of people that are in the reading community is they create what they call street teams. So they'll get a chance at being a beta reader or they'll get a chance at the advanced copy. So that's kind of what I did. I was very fortunate that people signed up in the tab to do it. But then the alpha readers actually were an author friend I'd made through Wattpad and she's been incredible helping me every step of the way, really without her, I don't know what I would have done. And then my other alpha reader was like one of my really good friends I made through Wattpad. She lives in California. So it was really cool to like get to, you know, connect with her and everything. She helped write it like the whole way through with me. So, I mean, I think a big thank you goes a long way to those types of people. So in the back of the book, like I have a dedication page. I mean, obviously it's like my, my family and my husband who, you know, Bread it helped, you know, with like making sure I ate and everything. But <laughs> having a dedication page to those individuals and calling them out the way that I did, I mean, they were so touched. And I'm like, but you gave up your free time working your jobs, your family to read my book and help me like publish it. I feel that that was the least that I could do. Um, and so I know dedication pages might not be everyone's like favorite as a reader, but like everyone they call out in those books, I get it now because it's amazing what they do for you. Absolutely. That is amazing. I didn't even know that there was those type of readers and such an alpha and beta. I, did, I had no idea. So that's, I just learned something new and I'm sure the listeners will as well. That's really cool. I love that. I love that. I'm definitely going to buy your book. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, I saw that you, I always shout out a coffee shop on here. I saw you mention Groove Coffee Company and I've been dying to try it. There are, little, there are two two female business owners, right? That own the, tra- it's like a trailer, right? Their a horse sisters. trailer. Oh, they're sisters. Oh, that's all right. That's right. I am. I've been dying to try it. I just need to like find their schedule and stuff. What's your like go to? Like, what do, what do they have that's really good there? They had. So it was like the first weekend they had it. I was at Adroid Athletics because they were having their second year anniversary, and she's also a woman owned business. So she's really big about bringing in other like women owned companies to, to her events. So she brought in like the Groove Coffee Company. So they were debuting like a new menu, and it was the s'mores like fancy. I think it was like a cappuccino. I'm not a coffee drinker, but 
I was like, just leave out the coffee part because it looks <laughs> so good. And I'm not kidding you. They had a line. They ended up having to push the guest speaker back by like a half an hour because people were just showing up that were either at the event or found their like page online were just coming. I mean, there was a line the entire time they pulled in at 10 o'clock. So wow. uh, they're fantastic. So, so good. And they're actually, I think right now they're stationed in one spot for the winter just because it's cold, but it's a drive-through. So like now I don't even have to get out of the car to get like a hot chocolate or something. I love, I love the concept. I think it's just the, you know, they can go, they, they're mobile. And I love that, you know, cause Starbucks doesn't do that. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just great that they're women owned, you know, and I love that. I, I love what they're doing. So that's funny you mentioned it because I've been wanting to try it. So shout out to Groove Coffee Company. I'm definitely going to be finding you soon. I'm going to stalk your Instagram and see where you're at soon. So, <laughs> that's awesome. Is there anything else you want to tell the listeners, anything more about the book or any advice you could give to someone that wants to write a book? Yeah, I think really the biggest piece of advice if you want to start writing your own book is definitely start it in a Word document and send it to people you trust, simply because that's kind of how I found out that I was great at dialogue and terrible at describing what was going on in the room or what it looked like. Um, So I definitely think you should share it with those who trust you or who you trust, just because you obviously don't want them to like send it out either before you're ready. But I mean, honestly, if you're a big reader, I really would appreciate if you checked out Finding Our Way. So it is on Amazon. You can either buy it um, as an ebook, a physical book, or if you're in Kindle Unlimited, you can actually read it for free within there. And it's going to be a part of Stuff Your Kindle Day in 2024. And I do run a few promotions to make it free just for, you know, maybe those money's a little bit tight for them, but I don't want someone to not have access to a book simply because they can't afford it. So, you know, you can follow my author page and I will always update whenever that free promotion is running. But yeah, I would definitely say if you want a different type of book that's not like a cliche or anything, I would definitely check out Finding Our Way. And then you can stay tuned for the sequel in June. Oh, I love that. I'm so happy for you. I feel like you have to be a very visual person when you're writing a book. You have to see the room in your head, I feel like. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's how I'd have to go about it. Yeah, for sure. I uh, so I'm a visual learner to begin with, so I definitely have to kind of visualize like what the rooms go like, where it is, and then honestly, at times I will just like randomly Google like a college frat party, and then bring up pictures and start to kind of like get an image of what I want it to be in my head. So I'll take just different images like that and kind of make my own scenario out of it. So wow, um, yeah, and that's helped me. It's definitely helped me better at describing things. So yeah, if you're ever stuck, I highly suggest that even if you have to do like a creative college assignment, just Google whatever it is you want to see and put it together in your head. Wow, that's awesome. That's really good advice, I feel like, for people that are a little lost in their way there. So do you have an Instagram for your book or how does that work? How do you market that? I do. Yeah. So on Instagram, um, I'm at Megan Masiosi, author, all um, underscore all one word. And even though I recently got married, I'm actually keeping my maiden name as a writer. It was important to me to keep that. So I'm at Megan Masiosi, author on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. So um, I would say my Instagram's a little bit more popular. I upload a lot sure. more on there, but you know, I'm starting to try and grow into the TikTok space as well as Facebook to reach, you know, a different demographic as well. So yeah, oh, you can keep up to date with me on there. I'm really trying to post a lot more this year. Big goal for me. Yeah, I will post like snippets, announcements, some trailers. Sometimes like I think I'm posting in a couple of weeks, a quote from Losing Our Way. So, you know, just little fun stuff. You get a better look into my character's minds, I feel like on my page. 
Oh, good. That's great. Well, I will definitely link all of the information into the show notes so people can find you and your book. I'm really excited for you. I'm so happy to see you excelling. And I can't wait for the second one to come out. And I'm definitely going to be ordering a copy or two. So, you know, I am just really happy for you. So thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast and giving advice to the listeners. I feel like a lot of people will benefit from this. So we appreciate it. And yeah, I like I said, I'll leave your information here for people to find you and you're and hopefully you get 2 million views or 3 million views. So. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for tuning in dreamers. If you love today's episode, share it with your fellow boss babes. Remember your dreams are within reach too. follow us on Instagram at CEO desk to dream podcast for more behind the scenes moments and more inspiration until next time stay inspired stay ambitious and keep dreaming beyond the nine to five grind this is your host mia signing off from ceo desk to dream dream big work hard and make it happen ladies